0: Hello! And Welcome to the Pro Rata podcast from Axios. My name is Felix Salmon. I'm the chief financial correspondent around these parts. I'm filling in for Dan Primack on the day after the Fed did not cut interest rates, which sounds boring, but in fact, it's actually really interesting. And we are going to go deeper with Courtney Brown, who knows everything about the Fed. She's the Axios Fed whisperer. She's our chief Fed Kremlinologist. That's coming up. We are also going to talk about slack which is going public on the stock market today without an ipo it's kind of interesting we are going to talk about libra which is the facebook cryptocurrency don't call it a blockchain i think it's not a blockchain but it is a crypto we are going to talk about that all coming up in 15 seconds there is more news out there than ever before, but these days, it's harder than ever to find it and to know what to trust. Axios AM takes the effort out of getting smart by synthesizing the 10 stories that will drive the day and telling you why they matter. Subscribe at signup.axios.com. And now, back to the ProRata Podcast. Courtney Brown, thank you for getting on the phone with me. I want to talk to you about the Fed because you know everything there is to know about the Fed. The Fed has been doing sweet fanny adams as we english people say for basically all year and then this week it came out and did sweet fanny adams and everyone got very excited and said that this was the most important fed decision in living memory how can it be so important if they just did exactly what we thought they were going to do all along and it has been doing all year
1: well if by we you mean the markets and maybe President Trump. I don't know. I wasn't totally convinced that the Fed would kind of bow as much as it did yesterday.
0: Let's rewind a bit in that case. They did more than just nothing yesterday. They did something. They bowed. What does that
1: mean? Well, they made a pretty significant it, for the past few months, the Fed has been pretty adamant about being patient, which basically meant they were in wait and see mode. And this may seem silly, but now that word is gone from their policy statement, which is a pretty big deal. And what they added was that they would act as appropriate to sustain the economic expansion. And Powell also sounded a little bit more downbeat on the health of the economy. And he talked a lot about the impact from a more intense trade war and how that could hurt the economy.
0: So basically, what you're saying is they are no longer signaling that they have paused a tightening cycle, and they are signaling that they might be poised to begin a series of possibly rate cuts.
1: That's right. But I that what was interesting about the press conference yesterday is while Powell did open the door to rate cuts down the line i think he gave himself a good amount of wiggle room so he's not exactly putting himself in a box there were moments during the press conference where i felt like he sounded a bit hawkish while he was talking about these cross currents whether that be the trade war or what's happening in the global economy he also pointed out a few things that were going really well with the economy. For instance, he said that the May jobs report was kind of meh, but he was like, let's not focus on just one data point. Let's wait and see what happens with the rest of the job reports. And he mentioned that while the manufacturing sector is not doing well, the services sector has actually been doing super, super well. While he sounded a little bit downbeat, he wasn't all that doom and gloomy.
0: If you think the economy is doing well. Is that a reason not to cut rates? Because I'm hearing that a lot of people are saying, like Larry Summers and others, that power should cut rates as an insurance policy, not because the economy is doing particularly badly now, but just to make sure that it doesn't do particularly badly later on in the year.
1: Yeah. And Powell acknowledged that. He made the rationale for a potential rate cut. What he said was an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of a cure. But I think to the average person, it probably seems a little bit odd that we're talking about a rate cut, which is a measure that with a few exceptions is usually taken when the economy is not doing so well. I mean, stocks we can officially say are at all time highs. Q1 GDP came in above 3%. Unemployment is near 50 year low. So things are pretty good. And while some cracks may be starting to emerge, I don't think many people would say that a recession is coming within the next six months.
0: But let me put this a different way. Inflation is basically non-existent. And the Fed's job is to get inflation up to its target rate. And if inflation is stubbornly refusing to rise to the Fed's target rate, the only real tool they have to try and get it there is a rate cut, right? Yes, yeah,
1: that's right. So that's is definitely one reason why the Fed should cut or could cut rates. But I think that was a lot, that was the rationale for the Fed kind of being on hold for a while, too. And, and Powell, the last meeting, he didn't sound like he thought inflation was that big of a problem, the low inflation readings that we've gotten. He used this word transitory, which he didn't use this go around, which basically meant that he didn't think that the low inflation readings were a persistent issue. It was just a transitory issue.
0: But they are persistent. It's been below target for a decade.
1: I think a lot of people would agree with you. But that's not what he
0: said. That's an empirical fact. I mean, if you just look at the CPI readings. So my Axios Edge newsletter, when I wrote it a couple of weeks ago, I said, Powell does not know what he's going to do. He genuinely doesn't know, and he is genuinely waiting and seeing, and he is genuinely being data dependent, and depending on what the data show, he may or may not do any number of things. He may cut a little bit in July. He may cut a lot in July. He may cut a lot in September, or a little bit in September. There's a bunch of different possibilities here, and he genuinely doesn't know. Do you think that's true, or do you think somewhere in his heart of hearts he actually knows what he's going to do at this point?
1: I was thinking about that piece you wrote yesterday a lot. And I kind of took a step back and thought about where we were just six months ago. It was December. We were hiking interest rates, right? Fast forward to now, we're talking about a potential rate cut. Impossible to say where we're going to be by the end of the year. If you just think about how far we've come. I do think the timing is important that just one day before the Fed press conference, he was asked about that Bloomberg report about whether he was considering the or looking into the legality of demoting Powell. And when he was asked about that, he basically said, Meh, let's see what Powell does. And then the next day, Powell basically opens the door to a rate cut. While saying that, obviously, the Fed is independent and not listening to Trump. But, you know, the big picture is Trump has essentially gotten everything that he's wanted from the Fed, whether the Fed intended that to be the case or not.
0: Courtney Brown, thank you very much. You have taught us everything we need to know. Axios Chief Technology Correspondent Ina Fried shares breaking news and analysis on the most consequential companies and players in tech, from the Valley to D.C. Subscribe to get smarter faster at signup.axios.com. And now, back to the ProRata Podcast. So now my final two. The first one is Slack, which is going public on the Stock Exchange today with a direct listing. This is an amazing new form of going public, which was pioneered by the Swedish music streaming service Spotify. And now Slack is doing it. If you're listening to the ProRata podcast, there's a pretty good chance you use Slack at work. It's this messaging system, which has taken corporate America by storm. And they have so much money having raised so much money from private investors over the years, they don't need to raise any in an IPO. So they're not raising any any in an IPO. They're not selling any stock at all. They're just saying, we will go public, we will be listed And then if you own shares, you can sell them. And if you want to buy shares, you can buy them. And we'll let the stock market do its price discovery thing. I really love direct listings. I'm really looking forward to how this one turns out. And also, Libra was announced by Facebook this week. This is the new cryptocurrency that they have developed, which is going to allegedly make it incredibly easy to send money between any two people on the planet they can open up their Calibra wallet, which will somehow be connected to WhatsApp or Instagram or Facebook, and send money. It will be its own kind of currency. It'll be a mixture of dollars and euros and yen and various other things. It'll be backed by fiat currency, so it won't be volatile like Bitcoin, and it will apparently be very easy, but there are a lot of obstacles facing Facebook if they want broad adoption of this, both regulatory and practical. I will go more into that in Axios Edge this weekend, so subscribe to that if you're so inclined. Otherwise, thanks for listening. Have a happy National Vanilla Milkshake Day, and Dan will be back with you on Monday.